My guest today on Dan's podcast is Carolyn Snyder, who is the founder of Round Swamp Farm in uh, three locations now, but originally, of course, it was just one. This is a, 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 a an iconic and a well-known farm stand that is one of the most, I think, precious uh, assets to the Hamptons. Uh, has at this time uh, branches in uh, Bridgehampton, Montauk, and then the original location was in uh, Springs on Three Mile Harbor Road. And uh, uh, Carolyn founded this uh, many years ago when she was a young woman and uh, growing up with her family on Three Mile Harbor Road. Tell us a little bit about that, about um, how life was back then and how you came to uh, decide to have Round Swamp and how the name came about. Okay. Well, first of all, Dan, as you know, I was very reluctant to do this, but because you're an amazing man and you have an amazing paper and I don't know anything about podcasts, I reluctantly said yes. But anyway, I started Dan about 57 years ago, 65, 66. Uh, the ninth generation of farming here in East Hampton, uh, we were recognized as a national bicentennial farm many years ago, and that meant having a farm by the same family for over, at that point, it was 250 years. And we've been here almost 300 years now. And when you started, you said that we have three locations. I started the location on the Three Mile Harbor Road. Uh, I was probably 23, 24 years old. And my father had inherited the farm from my grandmother, and he passed, my grandmother passed, and then I moved into the farmstead, and then a couple of years later, my father passed, and I was determined that I was going to put Round Swamp Farm on the map. How large was the acres? How many acres was the farm? Well, years and years and years and years and years ago, there was approximately like 150 acres. I only own just under 10 now, and my brother owns just under 10. But at that point in time, we owned property all the way down almost to Three Mile Harbor, almost across from where you live today. My father told stories how he used to take the cows down to pasture them where Ambrose's Tavern used to be, which today, presently, is called the Blend Restaurant. That's where the cows were pastured on property we owned there. Uh, So Kydreen Road, part of that was owned by Round Swamp Farm or this family. When round, when Three Mile Harbor became a road, this farmstead was used for the meets and bounds to make whatever they do when they're putting, putting roads in. So we've been here a long time. Uh, there's three generations of us working here now. And I'm only a part of the Round Swamp Farm on Three Mile Harbor Road. I started it 57, 58 years ago. But my daughter, grandchildren, and families have made Round Swamp Farm what it is. I tell everybody now that comes into the market, because of my age, I'm just the color coordinator. I don't do what <laughs> I used to do because I physically can't. Well, tell us, and, tell us how it came about that uh, you decided to uh, open a, a, a farm stand in a market. Well, I just, my father would grow things out in the backyard, and we were really very, very poor very poor and he you know he uh, tomatoes and corn and cucumbers you know not the gourmet foods that they do today but the the staples regular potatoes and uh the regular things 
And my brother and I, on Sundays, because first thing we all had to go to church, and then we came home and we had a big uh, dinner my mother would prepare, and then we would go on a Sunday ride. Well, my father, because of, you know, looking all over, back in those days you could, there wasn't another car on the road, my brother and I would get car sick, and they'd have to pull over on the side of the road, and you know the rest of that. So finally, when there was stuff coming from my, what my father was growing, we would be happy to stay home in the house next door where I grew up to sell tomatoes, corn full of worms, oversized cucumbers, just to get out of going on a ride. And then, so it kind of started there. And then when I moved into the farmhouse, 65 or 67, I would take my grandmother's table and go out front. And I would go to Osborne's farm in Wayne Scott and pick strawberries or go over to Lester's in Amagansett and pick strawberries and come home and sell those. And then my husband or father would plant different things out in the, you know, in the fields. And that's how it all started. I started with a little table and then I went to a piece of plywood was added to it to two different, another two by four, eight pieces of plywood. And finally my father back in, he died in 68. So it was probably 67. He started to build me a farm stand on a trailer right in the backyard which we used for many, 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 many years. And now my son-in-law uses that. It's been turned into like a fish cooler where it's been all insulated. So that's how it started. And then the farm market that we have now, we were broken into so many times early on into the little farm stand I had. Matter of fact, 13 different times. So we'd have to call the police uh, because they would crawl underneath and go in and get whatever we had in there and sell it that we went before the town and they let us build the farm stand that we have today. The farm stand that we have today is hooked onto my grandmother's, what was a garage. And then that's how it all started. And I mean, like I said, I started it, you know, 57, 58 years ago, but my daughters and grandchildren have made Round Swamp Farm what it is today. I don't deserve all that credit. A lot of what you sell, you cook in the, uh, back is there a, is there a kitchen on the property that you we had we had a kitchen here yes we did and a few years back lisa and one of my daughters lisa nichols and her family brian mainly her and my grandsons opened up a facility on the commercial property that we have up in the back and that's where all the food is now prepared and we just they just come through the farm to bring it down to me or they have trucks that go to bridgehampton or trucks that go to montauk all throughout the day. So that's how that all ha happened. We have the commercial area up there. Uh, and how years ago, I can remember there was one hurricane. It was probably the end of August, beginning of September, and the plants were just loaded with peppers. I mean, the most beautiful peppers. And we harvested all of them and put them in the cooler. Well, the hurricane came and went, and what in the heck were we going to do with all these peppers? Well, that's how we started making pepper relish. And then we made sweet pepper relish, hot pepper relish, very hot pepper relish. And then we went on to bread and butter pickles because we we tried to utilize produce that we had from the farm that we couldn't sell all through the market. And we do the same today. If Charlie has a lot of zucchini coming in and we're not going to sell it all, Lisa and Shelly or whoever's up there will make zucchini lasagna or they make zucchini strips. So we still utilize what we're growing if we can't sell it. Years ago, when we couldn't sell it, we had what we used to raise pigs, pigs. 
So we would have big garbage pails, and if we couldn't sell it all, it would go in what we call the pig buckets. You can't afford to throw it away today with the cost of unemployment, Social Security, you know, local, with everything, you just can't afford it. So that's when the girls decided they came up with the new ideas and making prepared food. And today, you know, both men and women work, and they have to work today. They work two jobs. and. Yeah. They can't work all day and then come home or go shopping and then come home and prepare foods. So Round Swamp Farm has adapted and we make food that's wholesome and good. So if they buy it here, they don't feel as though they're giving their family fast food. So we we make a lot of prepared dishes, uh, like I said, utilizing a lot of it from the farm. And and we have to buy some for other farmers or some from Riverhead. But. That's how we started doing all the prepares, which is very successful today. I think what's, probably the biggest the part most, of our business. What's the most the pop, most popular things that you prepare and sell? Well, it all depends. If you ask me, I would say the sweets. I'm the sweet person. I like the cookies. I like the pies, um, chicken salad. You know, we anything prepared, all of it. Our soups, our soups are the best of the best. When Lisa makes them, like she'll cook, for instance, the chicken with all the vegetables, take the chicken out, drain it, take all the vegetables, puree, and that'll become the stock. You know, there's nothing artificial added. So that's good and wholesome. And yeah. so they're all they're all very popular. And we they try to do something different, you know, with the seasons changing. They'll go into fall items now with butternut squash and sweet potatoes and, the, you know, in the bring it potato salad and macaroni salad so it all changes all the time during the summer um when does uh strawberries come in and when do uh corn start coming in and tomatoes i don't I, we don't plant strawberries here we don't have enough land and sto- strawberries normally take like two years you know you plant and the next year you harvest sometimes you'll look out and get a third one yeah. uh corn was always when my husband was here you know the first of july now, Charlie, we'll have some in the beginning of July. With all the hybrids today, you know, they do come in a lot earlier than what they used to. When uh, when did the different uh, locations open? How It's been recent years. Well, yes. Well, Brian and them, I would say probably about eight years ago, you know, because Brian went to NYU and our, our market here had maxed the capacity for other families to survive here. So Brian looked into a place in Bridgehampton and he found the location where he's at. I was in Florida and he called me and he said, Nan, what would you think of me opening another round swamp farm? I said, it would make my heart very happy. He said, well, we've already found a place now. I just have to sign. It's in Bridgehampton. I was happy because up until that point, I've always wondered what's going to happen to round swamp when I go. So anyway, they're very, very successful. They are probably more successful than I am down here because I'm off the beaten track. And then Brian married a young lady from Montauk and that's where he lives. And that's why they decided to open up the third round swamp. So, but they're not me. That's, that's the, the other generation. I'm right here on the three mile where you always see me. And uh, when you first opened, were you just open on, at the beginning in July and August, and and uh, or was it? Uh, in the yes, spring? yes, we would open up because I I went when I I went I worked for the town, and I 
would go in in November, extend all the tax rolls, and then, of course, January, taxes had to be paid, first half, second half. And then I would leave there, and I went and worked in the greenhouses, Halsey greenhouses in Watermill. And I worked there until the end of May, and then I came back to help close out the tax rolls for East Hampton. So that was around Memorial Day, and then we would open up after that, which was generally always by the beginning of July, right after Memorial Day. We might be open a little bit ahead of time, part time, but basically it was the end. And well, Labor Day, it was it. Yeah, well, Labor Day, you, people would say the curtains came down. There was no more East Hampton, which now it, people are here year round. Yeah, uh, I, re- I, mean, I remember uh, being told, I, I guess I go back about as far as you, and people would go on welfare in the winter because there was no work. With the, uh, no. Were they, uh, was that the case? Was it difficult to get through the winters in those years? No, I, I, not for my family. My family has a different work ethic. There's never the words, I can't, you can. And I always said to my girls when they were growing up, when they were young, neither one of my two girls went to college. And I said, you don't ever have to be envious. You don't ever have to be jealous of anybody. You can do anything you want to if you put your mind to it and you're determined. I said, you may have to work. 10, 12 hours a day, or you may have to work eight days a week if there's an eight-day week, but you can do it. Don't ever say you can't. So that was instilled in my children. My daughter, Lisa, often said, I could remember I might have my girlfriends over spending the night, and I'd hear, rise and shine, it's string bean picking time. (laughs) She would say, my mom didn't care that I had friends over. We had had to work. We had to work, And and we never said we can't. And then when I worked for the town, if the strawberries or something came in and I had to plant here on the farm because I drove the tractor. My husband was the fisherman. My father died. And I would say to Andy Anderson, the town clerk, Andy, I need to go home. Uh, Strawberry plants have come in and I have to plant them, but I'll work Saturday afternoon and Sunday. So I had it worked out with him. So I I never backed out on my job there and I got my job done at home too. And then from there into the greenhouses. Were you and when you were growing up, did you have uh, what, you had farm animals and what, what kind of animals were on the property? Yeah. We did, we did. We we lived off the farm. I mean, my father, I lived right next door to where the farm is now, and my father raised the pigs, like I mentioned early on. Uh, the cows, we got the milk. My mother made the butter, the cream, uh, because we got it from the cows. We always had horses. We always had chickens and ducks. Uh, rabbits. We pretty much had everything. My father at that point in time worked for, my father was Albert Lester, and he worked for Promised Land, Smith Meal. Uh, he was a carpenter down there, but he did everything. And we raised chickens here, or he did, and he would kill them. We all had to help pick them, but mm. they had a migrant worker camp down there. And so he supplied the chickens down there. So yes, we, we, we lived off the farm here too. Like mother would can all the vegetables and stuff and, you know, we'd have that for the winter and then they would kill the, the, the pigs and we did whatever they had to do with that. And then the, the you know, I think today, um, uh, there, there are probably two or at the most two or three of these wonderful fresh markets that are known throughout the Hamptons and you're one of them. And uh, I'm just so happy to be able to learn about how it all came about. And uh, I just want to say one more thing. Sure. You know, being a farmer and a fisherman is a a very unique way of living. 
And my family has always strived hard to take care of their family, support their community in any way we possibly we could. And, and we have. And, and I'm proud of my family for what they have done. That uh, I think COVID was a very challenging time for everybody. And I know my girls delivered food enough for a full week to 300 families in the town of East Hampton, which included everything. So I'm proud of who we are, what we represent. And I always say we grow without changing who we are. And my only hope is that when, and I pray that when I leave, that they will continue around Swamp Farm. How did the name come about? My husband was a commercial fisherman. My husband would have the dory hooked to his truck, and he was one of fish with the, you know, the Lester crews over in Amagansett. Yeah. Well, they fished the tide. They'd come home sometime in the middle of the day, and the dory was hooked up to his truck. Well, he also had traps down in Three Mile Harbor. So one day, I'm looking out there, and I see the tractor going down the road, him towing a boat behind it, because he huh. didn't want to unhook the the dory from the fishing truck. So that's how it all came about, him with the tractor going down the road. And I believe it was Martha, Marvin Kuhn that did the picture for us. And that's how it all started. That's our trademark, Farmers of Land and Sea. And Stuart Vaupel, when my husband passed, did the eulogy. And he said Harold was one of a kind. He was a fisherman and a farmer. And he said there's not many of them left and probably none left. And that was true, except my son-in-law, Charlie, has taken over that job. I have one more question. How late are you going to stay open this fall? Through Thanksgiving, God willing, as long as we don't have a hurricane, and that's the game plan right now. Uh, that's yes. the game plan every year. And it's the hardest the hardest weekend of the year. You know, everything has to come to an end. You can only make so much, but you can't ruin anybody's holiday. Yep. And it's stressful. Yep. But that's our game plan. Well, I thank you for that, and thank you for being on the podcast. and. I will I will see you uh, at the farm stand uh, probably in the next couple okay. of days. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.